Thank you for joining Downstate Abbey. It's always an honor to share some time with fellow New Yorkers who are concerned about the direction that our state is heading under the leadership of Andrew Cuomo and many other Albany lawmakers who, quite honestly, seem to be completely out of touch with the needs of the people, the small business owners, and have truly, in my opinion and the opinion of many other New Yorkers have completely abdicated their duty to protect our communities, to allow for peace and prosperity, and for people to basically govern their own lives and and be the best version of themselves that they can be. Um, I I had an episode a short time ago uh, talking to a young woman in the restaurant industry here in New York, and she shared just how crippling so many of these mandates have been to her industry and just the impact that she has seen along the way. And I wanted to provide you with opportunity to see the vantage point of another small business owner in the area who has gone through a variety of challenges since March 13th of 2020 when everything went sideways and then into a very downward spiral. So last I checked, we're 300 some odd days into 15 days to flatten the curve. And we've seen some Real abuses of power play out. Um, That's my opinion, and I stand by that firmly, that our governing bodies in this state have completely, completely abused the people in the name of keeping us safe. So I would like to direct our attention to our guest today and allow her to introduce herself and share a little bit about her, her business, her life, her journey this past year, and what concerns she has about our state and the leadership of it moving forward. So welcome. Thank you for having me, Abby. Certainly. Thank you. Um, my first name is Pilar. Last name is DeCaterino. Um, we are a family of, we have five children, um, and uh, just a, just really wanted to do something that our family could get involved in. Um, we currently have two locations of what is called a CBD dispensary. Okay. Um, What that means, it basically is is, uh, our stores are are filled with products that contain uh, uh, CBD products mainly, um, and it comes in all different forms. Uh, comes in a flower or bud form, comes in topicals and oils, and a very all-natural products that we just thought would would be something very important um, for our local area. Uh, we, we, we know that the communities um, and some of the counties have very high opioid addictions. Yes. Um, high levels of depression, anxiety, a, a lot of things, PTSD. Mm-hmm. And it was something that we thought that that was very important to introduce. Uh, we've done quite a bit of study on CBD, um, I've, I spend every day looking at, uh, you know, medical information and all kinds of articles and, and uh, listening to, to farmers and things like that. So this, is, this wasn't just some fly-by-night thing. This is something we really wanted to be involved in and wanted it to be a family-owned business, something that my children could eventually uh, do as they got older, um, be involved in, and they understand the benefits too, and they understand the difference between um, hemp products and marijuana products. So, sure, sure. Very well educated. So, anyway, we opened up with our first business in Vale Mills uh, back in uh, July of uh, last year, or well, the year before. So, 
That was 2019, so it would okay. be two years. Okay. Um, and uh, progressed along, you know, again, it's a lot, about a lot of education and things like that. So uh, that's our most important thing is come in and get educated, learn about, you know, what CBD is, the benefits that it has, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been welcomed uh, very much by a lot of people, but there are a lot of people who, uh, you know, there's a stigma. Um, so we've lost a few people as maybe friends because of it um, or whatnot. But, again, our goal is to educate people and to help people. Certainly. And what sort of responses are you seeing? What sort of benefits in the lives of the people that you that comprise your customer base are you seeing? What sort of conditions are they able to even mitigate, lessen, or totally eliminate by the use of these natural products? Right. Um, well, so, again, we don't, we don't ever say, you know, we, we're not medical professionals, and we always tell everybody that these products are you know, they're supplements. Uh, they can, they, you can take them. Uh, we don't ever, we never tell anybody replace your medications sure, or, sure. or use them instead of any other treatment. So everything that we do is, is based on uh, them considered as being a supplement. Okay. Um, but you'll find that a lot of people have felt that they've been driven to find something other than something in a pill box. Sure. And that was my goal, um, because my mother died, mm. uh, very young, um, and she had a bag of pills, and she was over-medicated mm. and under-evaluated, underweight, severely depressed, mm. severe anxiety, a lot of things. And she died very young, um, 58 years old. So uh, this was just a big, you know, for me it was, this is what I wanted to see. I wanted to see a result of, you know, how we could help people Absolutely. get over those things. And, and those are the types of people that you typically come in looking for sometimes type of pain relief they have. They're either on high medications, level of medications, they're tired of taking pills, um, they deal with uh, anxiety, um, severe depression. Sure. Um, sure. You know, just, just the everyday average, you know, we get out of bed and, 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 you know, aches and pains all day long, severe migraine headaches, and people come in and they say, you have no idea what you've done for me. And I always say, I didn't do anything for you. <laughs> I just, you know, I just help guide you, give you the education that you needed. And um, it's, it's, it's extremely rewarding to see that. Very oh, I can rewarding. imagine. And as you said, we are in an area of such high rates of, of an epidemic that I think we need to be paying far more attention to, which is the addiction epidemic. So to be able to offer people something empowering to help, to help them along the way, I, I give you and your family a lot of credit for recognizing that need and for providing it in a community that desperately needs it. So, so thank you for that. And I can imagine, I would imagine that your business was impacted starting March 13th of 2020, as so many of our businesses and lives were. Um, can you just share how, how, or if the COVID shut Shutdowns impacted your ability to conduct business and any kind of peripheral concerns with the policies that are in place or are kind of coming down the pike with regard to your industry and your ability to conduct business in New York? Well, um, back in March, when this all happened, I mean, it was, it, it was a slow process. It wasn't something we saw instantly, but it was, uh, it, it, it actually, there's there's two parts to that. So you have 90% of the people that would come into the store were usually elderly people because they had tried everything and they were just um, suffering from, 
you know, severe pain and things like that. Um, so you have you have the elderly that were not able to come out, um, to, you know, to the stores and get the information that they needed. And, um, and you know, we don't call what we, what we have as medication, but they're products that, they, that sure. they decided that they were working for them, oils, all-natural oils, soft gels, things like that. Um, so they weren't able to get to the store, so we found that we were having to, you know, maybe make some deliveries and things like that. But people really still didn't understand, you know, it's it's about the education. That's why people come in to learn about it. So you, you, you don't have those people coming in anymore, and then you start limiting your hours. Um, then you start worrying about, um, you know, uh, being shut down completely. I mean, there were days where there were days and weeks when we had no one come in. Um, so it's, it just, it really impacted us financially. Um, and then we had the opposite end of the spectrum. We had people that were, had so much anxiety and looking for something to help them because they were dealing with so much in their own lives. Their, their lives had been turned upside down and you just feel like you wish you could do more to help, but you could only do so much. And then, and then you feel like you're, you know, you're trying to give people products because you feel bad that you know that they can't afford. But at the same token, you know, we, we're we suffering as well. Sure. So, um, were you shut down at any point? I, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but were you shut down at any point during all of this or were you deemed essential throughout? We weren't deemed anything at that point because, again, <laughs> right. we're, we're, we're at a point where... Uh, we're unsure of what the regulations are. <laughs> We're unsure of where we stand. What is going with on? The public. But if you make a misstep, you could get fined, right? I mean, that's what we were just talking about in our last segment. Like, right. there's no clarity as to what you're supposed to be doing. Nothing. But if you do it Nothing. wrong, here's your fine. Here's your thousands of dollars in fines. Yeah. Go ahead. Exactly. Sorry, I got a little excited and there. And then the masks. <laughs> um, you know, it's a ten thousand dollar fine if someone walks into your mm. store and you don't have a mask. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you feel that you don't want to. I mean, I was giving masks to people just because I felt bad like they, they would come to the store but you know I didn't want to get in trouble for that either I mean right. th- that's just $10,000 would have shut us down completely so we were just like should we be open should we not be open and at this, to a point where we were just taking phone calls from people just uh, you know okay I'll meet you you know I can meet you at the store and uh, you know or I can deliver to your house or whatever but the traffic cut down 75% uh, nobody came out. The streets were were quiet, and um, yeah, you know. And as and as a as a CBD is so unregulated, really. And 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 when we talk about like legal, everybody says yeah, CBD is legal, but really, in the grand scheme of things, it's it's just not um, everywhere. And it's and it's people are still skeptical about it. And we get kicked off of all kinds of social media for talking about it, um, mm. all kinds of uh, our platforms and our, our credit card companies. And so we're constantly fighting that battle all the time mm. on top of trying to get through COVID. Right. 
Very puzzling. Very puzzling. Because as we talked about yeah. in the last segment, what's interesting to me is the way that the way this bail reform that is probably the most horrifying piece of legislation uh, ever crafted. And what does that have to do with what we're talking about today? Well, in my mind, it has a lot to do with it because we saw throughout this past year drug dealers getting busted, large scale drug dealing rings getting busted found with huge amounts of, of substances that you and I both know are destroying our communities, completely leveling mm-hmm. our communities because of this addiction mm-hmm. epidemic and the collateral damage that it causes, you know, damage that transcends any monetary value. I mean, it's just, it's impossible to calculate the damage it's causing. And because of the leadership of our state, specifically Andrew Cuomo, these people were given appearance tickets. The massive drug mm-hmm. busts, massive amounts of fentanyl, and these people are free to go and continue to conduct business throughout this entire time but you're looking over your shoulder you're living with a huge amount of stress my last guest you know same thing she was saying you cannot believe the level of anxiety just hoping praying there isn't a misstep hoping praying somebody doesn't you know take their mask off before you know two seconds before they sit back down from going to the bathroom to wash their hand I mean the level of ridiculousness is off the charts and then you couple you couple that with the complete support of these diabolical industries, child pornography to drug dealing to you name it, that have been given free reign this whole time because the bail reform specifically points to these crimes such as, you know, promoting an obscene sexual performance by a child, purveying, promoting, distributing child pornography. So those people were able to conduct business. <laughs> you, you guys, you know, barely hanging on. And a lot of that, whether it was related to the mandates or not, the, the fear that people have been living under, not going out, not, not you know, driving, not going anywhere. I mean, what, what an absolute mess we've created, honestly, or has been created by our leaders. So I, I just want to point out how incredibly unfair it has been that certain dark, dark industries have been kept open for business, but hardworking people who are bringing positive, positive things into our communities are, are suffering unbelievably throughout this. So feel free to carry on it's at any every point. every aspect. It's in every single aspect, uh, um, every avenue that you look at. Um, people are suffering everywhere. Everywhere. And um, it just amazes me. And the stories that I hear, I mean, I do have people that I that I know, um, law enforcement, uh, who, you know, clearly just so upset about some of the things that they have, that they've seen, um, and uh, because of the drugs Mm -hmm. that are just allowed, uh, I'm just, I'm just shocked. I'm just really shocked. Yeah, there aren't words. I mean, you and I are mothers. Like we, (laughs) we look at life through. It is, it is heartbreaking. And to know that our leaders are supporting this evil, it's just, it's too much. We, we really. Well, the bottom, it's the the bottom line is money. That's all it is. I I do believe that. How much money that they can make. I do believe that, and it's it, we as the people need to push back against this. It, it, it's not in any way, shape, or form acceptable, and history is not going to remember the people well at all who who 
turned on us and turned on our children. So I, I, my heart breaks for your industry, for what your family went through. I mean, you know, so many of us who've been, who, I mean, I'm a small business owner. Everybody in my circle of, of friends and family has been impacted. There's nobody whose life hasn't been impacted. I mean, unless you're somebody who's gotten a paycheck, you know, on the shoulders of the taxpayers throughout this, and this has been the best year of your life. I mean, I'm not trying to sound like a jerk yeah, here, no. but there are people who have not, have not had the slightest bit of financial strain throughout any of this. And they're generally the ones who are telling us, you know, stay home, stay safe while we're seeing, you know, society as we know it crumbling, mental health issues soaring and, you know, come on. So I, I'd like to know what um, I, I, want to direct the attention back to you, back to your business, back to your industry, and let you share some more about um, any legislation or any policies that you're seeing coming that have a, have an impact on your family's business and your ability to conduct it here in our area. Right. Well, um, to begin with that, it definitely, not only do we have COVID going on, uh, and, and people are trying to, uh, you know, sell their products and make a living. But we, we have farmers, hemp farmers, who are about to be um, removed um, from, from being able to, to grow hemp. Now, let me ask their, you. To, to sell their hemp. And, right. and it's, this is, you know, at this time, during the, the worst time, <laughs> this is what they're doing to them. So what is being passed law-wise or regulation-wise that's going to impact that? And do you know off the top of your head how many hemp producers we have, say, in the upstate New York area or even our surrounding area? I, I, hail... I honestly don't even know. I okay. don't even have an exact number of okay. the hemp I'd just be um, curious. growers okay. in upstate New York because I don't, I, I, I'm not in contact with that many, but, but there are quite a few. And, and, and you don't have to be a big-time farmer. You don't have to have thousands and thousands of acres. Sure. To make a difference, you know, we we support local farmers, uh, local growers. We buy our flour from local growers. Uh, we have, uh, you know, some that are even, you know, have have farms in Vermont, have farms here, and are are figuring out that we can't make it here. We can't live here. We can't, you know. Um, so I don't really know the actual number. I wish I could tell you. No, that's okay. But, uh, there's there's farmers who were were dairy farmers before and just you know they they couldn't they couldn't sell milk right you know, and make any money at that so they decided they were going to do something else and something else that could contribute to um, to society and um, they're getting cut out now it's supposed to be this year I'm in April uh, is supposed to be a ban on growing hemp. And uh, no longer will farmers be able to sell hemp. So <laughs> that cuts out pretty much everybody. The, the retailers, you know, we, we're able to find other sources. We are able to sell uh, oils and topicals and things like that. Um, but the laws are going to be much more strict. The milligrams are going to be uh, cut down considerably. And um, we just, I, we just don't even really know what that's going to bring. But it's going to, we're going to lose jobs. We're going to, these, these farmers are going to lose their, lose their livelihood. Um, What's the reason behind it? Like, what is there any logic? I mean, I know it's New York State, and policies don't have to make a lick of sense to be put into effect. But is there anything that you can look to and be like, oh, okay, they're trying to 
do regulate. anything it's other just, regulation. just regulate it's, it's, fee yeah. stick it to the landowners stick it to the okay i get it that, that's that's the yeah, normal well, mo the, i got the it thing was that <laughs> they were talking about marijuana was was going to be legal and i had so many people coming into the store talking about oh is marijuana going to be legal and when are we going to hear about that and and i'm thinking in the back of my mind i'm not even thinking that far ahead i'm thinking well they're they're getting ready to to impose all these things on us on on cbd and hemp growers um I, I just don't even see where the marijuana is somewhat close, but I mean, there's, 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 I don't know, something behind the curtain, I'm sure. Um, but they're imposing like these fees for these applications. So you have to have, so you have to apply for these licenses. The processors have like five hundred to thousand dollars for these, uh, two thousand to forty five hundred dollars for licenses um, to be. To extract CBD, um, in order to be a retailer, you have to pay a three hundred dollars license fee, which is not too bad. I mean, that's that's you know everything's got to have some kind of regulation. I'm, I agree. Sure. Um, but they keep changing. They keep changing what they're going to do, so that you have to have a license. But then you're going to make everybody pay for a license. But then you're going to go ahead and ban flower in April. So where does that make any sense? And where's the plan to get the supply from at for? that point? I mean, who? You're right. It doesn't make sense, and it, it it's very troubling to think that so many landowners who have resorted to growing hemp or alternate crops just to just to make ends meet, just to pay their property taxes, just to mm-hmm. just to make mm-hmm. some scratch out some sort of a living. Now this has been completely, you know, kicked kicked down the road, out of reach yet again. It's really it's really pretty sadistic, if you ask me. I mean, the way yeah. the manner in which you know why why not work together? Why not make New York State? you know, a, a real example to a watching world of what the hemp industry can do and what we, how we can promote, you know, con- conservation efforts and good land stewardship. But you're right, there's something behind the curtain, I'm sure. So that's that's very frustrating indeed, because I mean, I personally know plenty of dairy farmers who've gone completely under because apparently, you know, buying local is just a sticker you see on the back of the Prius, because it, if we really wanted to buy local, why are we watching so many of our farmers just completely completely go under what's the plan you know just these enormous farms you know mass production of food by a couple huge companies in our nation i mean it's going nowhere good and i i'm troubled to hear that something as as much of a micro industry as hemp is in the big picture that even that's being regulated and i mean let's face it everything new york state touches it screws up so they're gonna they're gonna screw this up i would love to be wrong about that yeah and these farmers they become very dependent on this income yeah, you know, they, they, I mean, <laughs> they see the future of this of this hemp, and they see the future of you know possibly into marijuana and or you know in the future whatever. I'm not I'm not saying anything. I mean, I'm talking about really what's going on right now. Right, but, right. You know, this at this time during such a challenging time with this COVID, um, they they're making it impossible for anybody to even survive. Yeah. and then yeah. then you've got. Um, the Department of Health talking about in their regulations how um, how licensed can you know CBD retailers uh, they're trying to basically discourage everyone because they think that there's negative health effects um, of CBD oh, okay. what, they, what yeah. they call combustible products and things like that so they are but you have cigarettes are being sold on every street corner. Um, you know, uh, and and you've got people passing out opioids, dr- uh, drugs like crazy, like candy. 
Yeah. And yet we're just trying to help people get through their day and feel better and, 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 and yeah. it's about yeah. their quality of life, yeah. you know? Manage pain. Uh, yeah, I totally get it. And I... <laughs> This is so this is so funny because my my daughter says to me, <laughs> you know how you've seen the memes where it says no one and it's blank and then it, then it's like mom brings up something about bail reform every time. And it's so true because I find a way yeah. to weave it into like every conversation. But it's so relevant here because here's the thing. Here's an industry that could potentially, you know, really and truly help people, help people manage chronic pain, help people manage anxiety, manage depression, all of these things. And they're essentially going to regulate the daylights out of it, make it disappear. Um, you know, the strip clubs could open up before the gyms could open up in these, you know, phases, oh this whole cluster right. of, you know, is it an orange? Is it a red cluster? I'll tell you what kind of cluster it is, but I'm not going to say it on the radio. It's disgusting <laughs> what our what our governor's doing. But listen, your 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 business is going to be regulated. I hope I'm wrong, Pilar, but prop, they're going to try to regulate the daylights out of it. But listen, if you will, to me, when I read to you, these are things under the bail reform that Governor Cuomo wants people to be able to continue to do. If they get caught doing it, they're going to get an appearance ticket at best. And this is probably why your if friends... Show, and if they show up. If they show up. Show up sure. Yeah, and if they don't, you, you know, <laughs> your, your friends and my friends and law enforcement get to go kiss their kids and wife goodbye in the morning and go risk their lives wrangling somebody that should have never had a chance to be let go, but we get to try to bring them back into court. So if these are the crimes, okay, criminal sale of a prescription for a controlled substance by a pharmacist, appearance ticket. These these are directly off all the crimes that now fall under the bail reform. This was what we were shouting from the rooftops on, you know, New Year's Eve last year, right before January 1, 2020, when this nightmare began. These are the things that people have been able to get away with this past year while your business is being crushed, while my business was being crushed. You know, there's a lot of industries that do their best to help support people's health and help them with chronic pain management. So I'm just going to read through a few of these. Criminal sale of a controlled substance, multiple counts, using a child to commit a controlled substance crime, criminal possession of a controlled substance, multiple counts, criminal sale of a controlled substance in or near a school, criminal injection of a controlled substance into another person, criminal sale of a controlled substance to a child, criminal sale of a prescription for a controlled substance by a pharmacist. I already said that. Criminal possession or creation of methamphetamines. Pilar, let's just open a meth lab. I mean, honestly, why are we struggling? <laughs> No, I'm serious. This is the stuff. Reckless assault of a child. (laughs) Bad mom's edition. (laughs) Breaking bad moms. (laughs) You know you want to see that happen, Jeff. I can see it in your eyes. Uh, let's let me just skim here because this is how sick this is. This is how sick it is that your industry is probably going to get regulated, shut down, whatever. But this is the stuff that our governor is saying it's okay for people to do, and if they do it, just hand them an appearance ticket. Just hand them an uh, appearance yep. hand them a piece ticket. Of paper and tell them to show up on this date. It, it's disgusting. It's, it's absolutely yeah, it's, disgusting. What is going on? I mean, injecting a substance into stop. Who makes this stuff up? Really, who, who all, makes this uh, stuff anything up? Anything to do with children, anything to do with tr- children should not even be, the, the, there's no question there. Well, you, know, you, that, you that would think. An automatic, 
you would think, but are, are you aware that assisting in female genital mutilation is also on that list? So you can, you can do that to a, a little girl, and if you get caught, you're going to get an appearance ticket. But people who are trying to conduct business have been shut down. They've been terrorized by these government agencies that are threatening these horrifically heavy fines on them. But people can promote a sexual performance by a child, possess an obscene sexual performance by a child, promote an obscene sexual performance by a child among a litany, a litany of despicable crimes, and they're going to get an appearance ticket. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, this is, yeah, my daughter would laugh because she's like, here, you brought it back to the bail reform, mom. But it's true (laughs) because there's these dark, evil industries that are literally being promoted, literally being promoted and protected by our state government. But my ability to support my family shut down for months. A business that I started when I was 19, I'm 41 now, got shut down. But the vape shops could be open. The drug dealers could be peddling. Stop it. Stop it. I've had enough. And I'm telling you right now, there's more of us than than we're being given fair credit for because we have had enough. If you have a business and if somebody wants to go into your store and utilize the products you have to help manage their health, help it be part of part of, you know, whatever whatever regime they have and regimen they have. What they're on that too. people are looking to get off of their pills because they say that they make them. Uh, you know, lethargic or they, they make me wacky or whatever, yeah. however they describe themselves. It doesn't make me feel good. I don't like it. I feel worse. I mean, uh, you yeah. know, and they're just handing them out like candy. I, I don't understand what are we doing so, so wrong. And then on top of it, they, they've shut down so, so many things on us. They shut down my Venmo account. They shut down my credit card account. Why? They shut down. Why? Uh, how does your Venmo account? On Facebook. How how and why does that happen? Like how th- they have no nobody to talk to. I can't call. I call. I, and who's I they? No the state or who? Who who is they that shut shut it down? The state or who? The the company themselves. I've I've my credit card company um, oh, has Lord. basically frozen everything. <laughs> um, and Facebook has given me a warning. I am not allowed to talk about it on Facebook. I'm not allowed to talk about you know hemp products and CBD products and promote the store. I'm not allowed to do that stuff. I've already been warned. That's my last warning. So Unreal. Absolutely unreal. And we're looking For at... Shine out people. Yeah, but meanwhile, we've had how many how many overdoses in this past like week and a half have been in the news? And those are just the ones that make the news. Let's not pretend that there aren't people mm-hmm. showing up dead all the time because you and I both know that there are. But the, these industries get protected. These industries get protected, but an industry such as yours is uh, being regulated right into oblivion and it, it's it's out of control. And and the mental health piece of it, I, I want this to kind of be the segue into talking about something else that was that's close to both of our hearts, and that is this impact on our, our children's mental health, our community's mental health, um, specifically our children's, because I know for many of us as parents, we're watching so much play out that's, that's really harming our children and doing it in a way that's just very arbitrary and there, there isn't any sensible thread of consistency throughout. I've said that before. Like if I could see a thread of consistency through these policies that are basically dictating how we breathe, how we live, I I could probably step back and say, okay, you know, it might be well intended. That's not the case. 
That is not the case. So we're, we're seeing a surge in mental health issues. We're seeing absolute surges in substance abuse issues. And so much of it is directly linked to the isolation, the stress people are under. I mean, if you think you're going to lose your house and your kids are going to come home to, you know, seeing basically you getting thrown out of your house because you haven't been able to pay the mortgage since whenever. The, these are realities that people are facing every day, every single day. And I just don't see our, our authorities making any headway in, in, in any manner that makes sense. I mean, it's it's really preposterous. So um, I know that you're a mother of, of several children, as am I. And I know that... I, you know, I personally am very frustrated with the manner in which our kids have been have been treated. I think that a lot of families have been robbed of some of the most precious moments of their lives this past year. I've seen people robbed of last days, last hours with loved ones, with this whole nursing home lockdown, this treatment of our elderly and infirm population as if they were domestic animals. I've watched our public school students um, struggle and grapple and seen families in absolute crisis mode as they've been forced, you know, literally forced into this virtual learning. Um, and I've seen the gap between what would be perceived as privileged and unprivileged people continue to widen because if you can send your kid to a private school, if you're willing and or able to make that investment that, you know, that puts you in a spot where your kid can attend school in person. If you're not, tough luck. And I just don't see anyone advocating to bridge that gap and say, hey, you know what? It's really not fair to take people in lower income brackets, especially who are essential workers. They're serving their community day in and day out. They may have multiple children. And how in the world are they supposed to navigate this mess? How in the world, when we spend 25, 30, I don't know about your district, but I think our district is about $32,000 per year per pupil is spent on public education. And we're handed a Chromebook. We're handed a Chromebook and, you know, good luck. And here's the schedule of Zoom meetings for the week. Get out of here. You know, I, that's where I'm at with this. But this isn't about me. This is about you. <laughs> so I'd like for you to share no, it's, 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 what you No, it is. It's about all of okay, us. Okay. And I'd like for you to share. About, you know, me. It's, well. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, all of us, we're all in the same boat. We are. Um, we are. But some people have a, a nicer boat than us. But, um, <laughs> but, you know, even, you know, we have children with special needs. We sure. have children that have been taken out of, uh, you know, a, a uh, an environment where they need to be out of their homes first of all because it's not good for them. Sure, um, that's a reality. And they are put in 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 schools and um, and in an environment where they can thrive, where they can learn life skills, and that they're not learning at home. And now you've set them back. A, a and, lot. Yeah, my, my, like my kids right now, my children, since what, March, um, you know, I've seen the change in them. Mm. I've seen that they're to the point where sometimes they just don't even care anymore. Yeah. Um, days where I've seen my, my, uh, my boys upset, depressed because they can't play sports. Yeah. All they want to do is just go play sports. All they want to do is see their friends in school. You know, just yeah. just being involved in activities, just people to talk to, mm-hmm. and and breaking down. You know, just just to me, just just you know, I'm so upset. You know, they they just, I just want to see my friends. I just want to play. I want to play football. I want to play basketball. I don't understand how come we can't play sports. Why can't we go to school? 
Yeah, and then we had that whole disaster. And yeah, I had no answer yeah. for him. You right. Know? And huh? then last week we had the disaster where Cuomo announces, <laughs> wasn't it like two days after the inauguration, like high-risk sports are back on, kids. And then it's like health departments, local municipalities are like, whoa, whoa, like what do you mean it's about like a typical, typical. All he did was pass Typical, the exactly. All he, did. So, all he y- did was just get it off of his plate and said, <laughs> somebody else take over on this, figure it out. He didn't say, you know, first of all, that was a big mistake because when that went out, I instantly had text messages to my phone from my kids saying, look, we're going to get to play sports February 1st. They were so excited. Of course, mine too. I came home mine and too. I thought to myself, I, I don't see this happening. I, I really didn't see it happening at that point. But, you know, I just wanted to be positive for them. They're so excited. They were so excited. Um, mm. And I thought, these people don't even have a plan. They don't even have a plan set up to get these kids back so they're telling everybody they're getting back to sports when we really don't know that that's going to happen setting them up for another disappointment again because this is the second time they've been told yeah, oh you're going to get back to sports again absolutely you know? cruel so now we're absolutely going through cruel that. yeah 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 and you and I know there were a number of kids in your district that protested I believe correct and um it it didn't seem yeah. to I mean, it got my attention yeah. I was like good for them because you know last I checked the Buffalo Bills can play and you know there can be 6700 fans that can go watch that but we can't let kids have sports which are so key to their mental health they're so key in so many ways to survival of the teen years I mean I I can't say enough about organized sports I've seen what it's done for my kids and I did not grow up in a a family that valued athletics or valued sports, I value it because I've seen firsthand what it mm-hmm. does for these young people's lives. So, mm-hmm. um, explain self esteem. Yeah, it absolutely. Leadership skills. It, yeah, uh, you know, it, it it builds camaraderie between you know between their teammates. It teaches them um, how to multitask. Absolutely. I mean, it, it so many benefits. It's 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 a way to release those that anxiety. Absolutely. Um, you know those. Absolutely. There's just a lot of benefits to to sports. And I don't understand where they're getting these numbers from. I'm not exactly sure where they're getting the percentages from um, and where they came up with this. Well, they came up with the 4%. Okay. So you have other schools, which we're finding out now that it really isn't up to the Department of Health in your community or in your your county. Um, I I believe from what I've been told, it's, it's up to the actual superintendent of the school district to make that decision of to whether or not they're going to abide by that right. 4% or they're going to just let the kids play. So, you know, is <laughs> the case is the cases are what they're countywide, but really in our school, we only have in the last 14 days, two people out of what 800 students that have gotten sick. So where are these numbers coming from? That's a really good question. And really, when you look at the metrics as they pertain to school-age children, you know, it's a completely different animal from countywide or statewide. And and let's just be honest here. There's a lot to question with regard to the metrics that have been used for all of this. I mean, about two weeks ago, it was announced that the particulate testing for, you know, lab-based COVID-19 testing has been a little too sensitive. I don't know if you caught that, but that was announced. So like, yeah, we're, we might be magnifying a little too much. It might be picking up on any coronavirus, not just COVID-19. You know, we're going to back off the, the um, it's, it's considered, I forgot the actual term for it, but it's particle-based testing. And it's like, oh, okay, that seems to me like that's a pretty big piece of information. If we've been testing in a way, if we've been testing in a way, 
way. Why didn't you tell me that a lot sooner? Because, well, you know, they're... they're yeah. If somebody could have actually had COVID months ago and it's, they're still ap- actually able to detect whether or not it was in their system, the, you know, but it's yeah, showing the whole up thing is so questionable. Yeah, exactly. It, it's so unbelievably questionable what's going on. But I, I am just horrified that these options aren't available for kids. If you want to sign a waiver, if you want to say, you know what, I, my kid is is going to play and we release the district, we release the health department, we release everybody of any liability, should they contract COVID, should they be at a game where someone tests positive? Because, you know, that's been another puzzling thing about all of this too is, okay, so you have an exposure at a school and every school seems to handle this differently. Some districts, uh, teachers were exposed, were shutting the school down, for 10 days it's like okay so now you're going to push based on what now we've shut the school based down for on 10 days. based on a suspected exposure okay was anyone sick no but the asymptomatic spreading okay right the asymptomatic spreading got it so now yeah. let's take our kids and dump them into a daycare where they're going to be around kids from all different school districts or let's uh, go have them go over to Mimi and Papa's house the elderly so they can be watched during the day so mom and dad can go to work that's a great idea. Why don't we just keep them in school, treat it like a daycare that does tutoring and keep kids in the same pod of kids that they're around? None of this makes sense. None of this None makes of sense. No, you, you've had people just kicking it further down. Yeah. There is nothing to follow. But at some point, I mean, I have people who would try to absolutely crucify me for saying this, but at some point, we as the parents should have the ability to direct that $32,000 a year per kid in a direction that's going to serve my kid best, your kid best, each kid best, because this is not working. This is not working. I'm sorry. It's not working. I'm not attacking teachers when I say it. I'm not attacking anybody. I'm just pointing out the obvious here. This is not working. So many people have been through this before. They know they know what to expect or, or, you know, right. This is unprecedented. Yeah. Yeah. We're all learning together, but, uh, you know, common sense. Yes. I think is. speaks very loudly. It, it does. It should. It should at least. And you know, in all sure. fairness, we're we're almost a year into this. So by now, I, I'm sorry, but I think we should be doing a little bit of a better job than this. I really do. And the reality is, if they want to look at real real science and real metrics, daycares have been open all throughout this. Because guess what? Essential workers still have to go to work every day, and sometimes essential workers reproduce and have children. Imagine, imagine. <laughs> so these daycares have been I open can't all. Go to school, but you know what? You can go to the local Walmart. Well, you, you, you can. I, <laughs> I, you I can know. You can touch everything in the store, but, you know, it, it, just, it doesn't make any sense. I, I know. It's so frustrating. But I, like you, and I see. I don't care who explains it to us. And, it, no, no. It, there's, still, it makes it more confusing. It, it is unbelievably troubling. But I, I I want the takeaway from today, I guess, to be, you know, we, we the people need to stand up. We the people need to push back because we have seen such an abuse of power this past year. It, it is It's just breathtaking to me and and to see how we've been pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and we've complied and we've you know I I didn't complain about shutting my business down until I could see exactly that my deepest suspicions of what was going on was going on. And that was this, the arbitrarily shutting down businesses, levying fines, allowing the huge businesses to continue to conduct themselves like nothing, nothing had happened. This has been a gross abuse of power. And I personally, 
I know there's not going to be an end in sight until enough people stand up and push back. And I am encouraged when I talk to people such as yourself because you know, we love our communities. You guys could pick anywhere on the on the planet probably to move if you wanted to. You could leave the state if you wanted to. I, I don't want to leave. I love this place. I love the people of this state. I, I we have cannot... a lot of family here. You know, I, yeah. have, I have a child. Uh, I have a, an, my oldest my oldest daughter has three children. Sure. You know, it's heartbreaking to watch to watch that going on as well because um, my oldest grandson, you know, has to sit behind a computer uh, while his two other brothers are running around after him trying to get his attention, and he's trying to pay attention in class. And, yeah. It... Um, it's just he's not getting anything out of it, and it's it's. It's it's a joke. Actually. It kind of and is, it's, um, and it's it it really is. It's tragic, and I, I you know my my boys, uh, my two youngest boys are, you know they're they're in the prime of their lives for in high school, you know to go to college to to be getting looked at by by schools or you know what yeah. what's their future yeah um, old you know at this point um you know I have one who's a junior and one's a sophomore and. You know, that's all they think about is, is uh, you know, what's going to happen for college? What are we going to do? You know, what if I, I lose my eligibility? What if I can't, uh, if I can't play because of this? You know, and it's, it's heartbreaking. It is heartbreaking. heartbreaking. It, it's it's gut wrenching. Like, and watching those kids outside the outside the Department of Health. Yes, you're you know, referring to them we, we picketing and protesting. More. I think we needed yeah. some support, but we have a lot of people that are scared. They're scared to actually go out and voice their, you know, voice uh, their concerns. Um, stand up for their rights in a very respectful manner, which which those kids did. Yeah, they wrote letters, yeah. pleading and begging, and you know they were told at the door, "Stop ringing the doorbell. You're 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 disrupting us. Stop walking back and forth with your signs in the windows. You know, you're. We have work to do. We have other things to do. We'll yeah. take your letters, and you know, if you want, you can email this 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 email address, and we'll set up an appointment for you." By the time they set up that appointment, it's too late for their basketball season, for their sports season. Football's already done. Soccer, I mean, forget it. You know? Yeah. and, and Basketball, kids are already practicing for basketball. It'll be too late by the time they even get a meeting. It will. And now we're being told, oh, actually, it's not even up to... To the Department of Health, it's actually up to your superintendent. So yeah, it's it's completely no communication. No, nobody knows what's going on. And you know, to anybody nobody who really thinks knows. that it's I don't know if I believe it either. So well, it, it's very puzzling. And I think that the the big issue here is the fact that I mean, our our kids are suffering. And, and people could listen to us and say, oh, it sounds so shallow. Sports. I mean, we're talking about people people dying. And and I understand this is a novel virus. I understand that. I understand there's been huge mismanagement, especially in our state. And I understand there's been a lot to be learned of this, but we cannot ignore the mental health and the impact that this is having on our young people, you know, because we're not saving any lives if we're setting them up for addiction issues in the future, if we're setting them up for, um, you know, lives of isolation. And and this is what's happening. People are deteriorating and we we can't ignore Yes, no, yeah. uh, absolutely. Uh, and I have people that have lost um, the loved ones to COVID. I, I, you know, and it's and it's you know young, younger, you know, healthy people that you would think, you know. Sure, um, it seems to be quite indiscriminate in a lot of ways. To 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 parents, to grandparents, my heart goes out to them. That's that's we're not even we know that that's a whole other topic. Absolutely. Um, when we're talking about the children, are actually the future of this country and 
we're setting them up, you know, and teaching them how to deal with these obstacles that come our way, and, and they're not teaching them the right way to, to deal with them. Um, and it's important that we step in and just, I think we just have to take the reins at this point, you know. And, and, I think and we do need to speak up, kids, I do. Our kids' lives. Yeah, absolutely, because, um, you know, addictions are on the rise, and this this is setting a lot of kids up for some very bad habits to manage what they're going through, what they're feeling, because there's no end in sight. Like I said, you know, 15 days is what we were told, and we're almost a year into it. So um, at some point, we, we do need to advocate. We need to push harder for better treatment for for people who do contract COVID-19. That's what's been puzzling to me, too, is the manner in which it, I, it just seems like in so many ways we're still fumbling, fumbling, fumbling. And I hope that we can truly rise up and truly see this become something that's in our past and move forward. But this gross abuse of power, it will not be forgotten. And it makes me very, very hesitant to trust any of our leaders who have displayed this abuse of us as citizens and have not behaved in a way that in any way is honorable. So that that needs to be remembered because, you know, God forbid we forget, God forbid we look to our own comfort and just allow this to slide because we have whole 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 neighborhoods, whole areas, especially downstate, that are being completely victimized by these policies. And I give the people downstate a lot of credit because when de Blasio and when, you know, mm-hmm. Cuomo said, hey, guess what? We're shutting down schools. They, they, these people were like, you are not. I mean, a million, you know, what, 1.1 million kids are just not going to go to school. What's the plan? Oh. I mean, do these people have any clue how many of those essential workers if they don't show up to their job, patients don't get cared for. If they don't show up to their job, your mass transit shuts down. But we're going to keep 1.1 million people out of kids out of school. I mean, it's the people making these decisions. Sorry, they're in, they're they're incompetent, and that's all there is to it. They are they incompetent are. They are. beyond it's, belief. It's absolutely, it's absolutely insane. It is. It truly is. And I I hope I'm encouraged to talk to you. I'm encouraged to hear your perspective because I think you your your heart and your perspective reflects that of so many other citizens in our state, so many other parents, and we really do need to unite and push back because we might not have the opportunity to do that in the future. And I don't want to have to answer to my kids someday when they look at me and say, why, why did you ignore this? I mean, why, when, when you had a governor who was literally emptying the prisons and that's the goal by 2026 to have the prisons emptied by 75%. I I can't Mm -hmm. look at my kids eye to eye and not push back against this because I know, I know what this will do to their future. And I, I can't, I would rather die trying than, than ignore this and let it slide. So I really well, appreciate I you for all of that. So that, that, the fact that you're making such an awareness. Oh, um, we're, we're trying you know, little by talk, little talking here. Talking about it. We have to talk about it. Yeah, so. we, we do. And I, I would encourage anyone listening, um, you know, to just stay in touch. I, I know there's so many of you like us who are deeply concerned about this state. We love it. We're willing to sacrifice for it. And I appreciate your time today, Pilar and um, sharing your perspective and hopefully growing the community of, you know, cancelcuomo.com. Go to it because, I mean, this is a real deal.
deal. We have got to push back against this leadership. Downstate Abbey, the key to the key to the governorship yeah. of this state truly is about seven counties. Most of them are downstate. That's the only way this guy wins time after time is seven counties. So I I really believe we can change this state. I believe we can turn it around, but we're going to have to realize how much power we have collectively and we're going to have to harness it because otherwise we're going to be watching this cycle continue. And God forbid, God forbid the day comes when we, you know, personally go through a loss, a tragedy, a horrific crime at the hands of someone who should have never been never been given the opportunity to be out in society and perpetrate that sort of thing again. So when, when we talk about what's being done to people downstate, these communities that are being terrorized by these policies, I want each and every one of us to look at those crime victims as if they're our own children. You know, we, we love no one more than our own kids. And just look at it through that lens, because this is how serious it is. You're... Our governor doesn't care if your business shuts down. He he doesn't no, care how much they, money they you Actually, and your they're, husband. They're they don't care. Right they don't with, care with everything going on with Trump. Really, they, they they're don't. kind of more concerned about uh, you know. I mean, everything I everything I pull up in in the news, I, I just try try to get some information. You know, you think the first thing that would come up would be talking about you know the, the kids and 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 what's what's really important. You know, our families, our businesses. We're, we're we're more concerned about uh, this impeachment for, you know, for someone who's not even in office anymore. That's the number one news thing right that now. There are so grand, grand distractions to what's really going on. That is for certain. And yeah, absolutely. Amazing. So and, and yeah, no, no one's <laughs> our politicians aren't going to care if they if every single, you know, plaza in our county is basically empty storefront. They, they don't care. They don't care. They don't care if you have to liquidate everything you own to stay afloat. They don't care. So we care. I care. Or to pay, I, or to pay your taxes. Or to pay your taxes. Of, you some know, of the high, you the, pay your taxes. <laughs> The highest in the nation. That you can't feed your family. Yeah, no, it's 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 backwards, and we've really got to shake things up. So I hope and pray, I with, you know, so. with God as my witness, that we can do that. But thank you for your time. Thanks for sharing a little bit about what you do and what you have to to offer our communities. So I think you're really offering something that can help a lot of people rebuild their lives. And I hope that you're given the freedom to continue to do that because we need better options other than uh, you know heroin dealers and uh, <laughs> and uh, big. Bag yeah. of pills, and I, I give you a lot of credit for taking your your personal tragedy, um, the, the experience of watching your mom and what she went through, and using it to help others. It's it speaks loudly as to the kind of woman she was and the legacy she left through you. So thank you for that, and I well, hope I and pray that we can all. Yeah, well, it, it's truthful. Thank you, very much. Thank you. Please keep in touch, <laughs> and. Um, well, we're- Yes, we're gonna we're gonna keep um, fighting for our kids, you know. And, we have and that's, to. Uh, we have that's to. We can do. We absolutely have to. So thank you for your time and and keep in touch. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Bye bye. And thank you all so much for listening today. Oh, and uh, just, whoops, what did I do? Something wonky. <laughs> Thank you all so much for listening today, and uh, we truly hope that you will be encouraged to stand up, to speak up, to step out in in the kind of strength and the kind of faith that it takes to know that we truly can change the course of this state, and no one's going to do it but us. I, I will tell you that right now, this kind of change, this kind of saving of our state is not going to come from the current leadership. It's not. So... Thank you all so much. Please keep in touch. Please grow the community at cancelcuomo.com. We truly need to be able to 
communicate, to unite, and to let our voices be heard. So I love you all. Do something amazing today. Oh.